Because so much of dressing up is impressing me. Yeah, is tied nice. to making sure you look good for other people. Like yeah. if I didn't care about anybody seeing, I would just look like a bum all the time, like I do in my apartment and in real life. I would be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> constant looking like a bum. Shut up and sit down. Anyway, yeah, I saw a Neil Strauss talk recently, and uh, Neil Strauss being the guy who wrote the game, and he filled the place up, and it was, you know, tons of fans, tons of people waiting to get him signed, you know, it was a very much a celebrity sort of was culture it, thing. Was it pickup artist guys that were there, or you was it something know. else? it was, you know what it was? It was a promotional event for something called OM, One Taste OM, which is Orgasmic Meditation. Ah. Where men talk closer to the mic. Where men um, stimulate the clitorises of a group of women that they don't know. Uh, usually, they don't know uh, for a certain amount of time, for fifteen minutes, and it's like meditation. It's a bit How do they do that? They what wear a the- glove. Oh, so it's they're there. Yeah, yeah, they're there. It's like yoga. It's like you imagine going to a yoga class. Instead of you start doing yoga, you partner up and you start. Are they like glory hole? It's not glory hole because they meet. You meet your stroker is what they call it. And uh, your stroker strokes you and then that's it. How does, is that, how do you organize a party around that in a public place? Isn't that. The party I went to was just a promotional party that had Neil Strauss, of all people, the pickup artist, writer guy, talking. Because these are like fringe sex people. And they're all kind of part of, you know, they sort of like gather together, you know? And uh, yeah, he was the speaker. So it wasn't for the actual ohm thing. That that happened some other way. That happens elsewhere. So that's women fingering men. No, No, men fingering women. Sorry. I've had a little wine. (laughs) Uh, men fingering women that they don't know in like a group setting? Do you go into a room and do yeah, it? Yeah, it's a room and it's like very regimented. It's like step one, to get on the left side of the woman. Put your hand here. And you don't insert your finger. So I don't know if you'd say fingering. It's stimulating. I think it's. I think fingering covers all of that kind of activity. If you don't go into the vagina, is it fingering? Well, I mean, what else would you... I guess... Not? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I always thought fingering included any kind of genital stimulation with the fingers. Yeah. Digital manipulation. Digital manipulation. You know, sure. I think you could definitely call it fingering and that would be That's really bizarre. It's really bizarre. And who who are the women that sign? I mean, obviously men would sign up for this like crazy, but who are the women? No, surprisingly, more women sign up than men. They have a hard time. I, I asked that exact same question and apparently they have a tough time getting men. Um, Why? Well, because I think it's it's a little vagina worshipy, you know, okay. and and the women who do it are a little, they're sort of like f- 
feminists of the field, you know what I mean? Like sort of hippie, super crunchy feminist kind of women, but but attractive. Yeah. But uh, they're, it's a little bit like the cult of vagina kind of going on a little That's, bit. I had no idea that existed. Sometimes I'll hear thing. about stuff and I'm like, I'm amazed that these things, well, I, I guess I shouldn't be amazed, but an organized party where, where men stimulate women's clitorises. Yeah. It's like a daily thing, dude. It's a big deal. And people swear by it. People say on both sides, both men and women, are like, you know, this changed my life. Because I think for men, it gives them a little bit of intimacy that they're probably missing. You know, really like men who can't get that. Yeah. Uh, And for women, I think like the ones who have like trouble orgasming and things like that, it's like really helpful to them. Yeah. So. And it would be good for men that don't know how to do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Great practice in a non-stressful setting, I suppose. Yeah. That's oh, that's crazy. But that ties in pretty well with your article, which yes. I want to hear about. Tell me about your article. Okay. Where is it coming out? Where can people read it? Uh, it's coming out in a magazine called Animals. Okay. Which is a print and online magazine. It's a new magazine. There's only been one issue so far. And it's the kind of magazine that you buy in sort of indie bookstores. It's a big, expensive, glossy that has a lot of like really cool stories and really cool photography. It's run by uh, a, a former um, fashion photographer named Ward Robinson, who's a, a really, really cool fashion photographer. So the aesthetic is really crazy and, and interesting. And it's supposed to be an outlaw men's magazine. So it's kind of uh, trying to fill in that gap a little bit. The maxim gap? Well, I don't know about the maxim gap, but, um, you know, I think maxim, GQ, all those have sort of gone the way of the rest of the media, which is to get extremely PC and sort of female-centric. So I never read any of those, so I don't know. Yeah, I've read them. And they're all like, you know, they'll all be like... 10 reasons we love Amy Schumer. Oh. You know, yeah. and this is like not one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the base? Is this the article that has the red pillars and stuff yeah. in it too? It's all part of the same thing that we the, talked about before. The MGTOW people, the red yeah. pillars. And so it's a real deep dive into like the way internet has affected male sexuality. Okay. And, you know, I think the <clears throat> subtext of all of it is this image we have whether it's a nightmare or for some people it's a dream of men fucking their computers yeah which is kind of like is that where is that the end game is that where we're all going and we're getting closer and closer to it and and a lot of people are uh in a lot of different ways we're getting closer and closer to that happening and so the piece is i talk to people all throughout um these sort of cutting age cutting edge um, manifestations of male sexuality that are really influenced by the internet, like the red pill, and uh, how they're all kind of culminating in this male unplugging from the sexual marketplace and plugging into an el- the illusory sex. And world. men unplugging from the sexual marketplace means what exactly? Were you playing footsie? Sorry, sorry, What's happening? sorry. Uh, it, mean, <laughs> it means it means very heated by the stock. This is all really, on. Oh god. <laughs> um, no. Um, 
What do you mean? What what the question is? What does it mean? To what does it mean? What does unplugging mean? Like what does removing that mean? themselves. So, in the previous conversation we had about MGTOW, MGTOW stands for men going their own way. So it's men who are voluntarily um, removing themselves from mating interactions with women, and there's various degrees. But the basic idea is you are saying, I am no longer going to be a part of that game of dating and mating. Okay. And I'm just going to go off and be away from that. Why do, why do, why do men feel like they need to unplug from dating? Like, what is the, what is the impetus? And this is an honest, I'm not, it's not a, deceitful question i'm curious because i feel like in this day and age the opportunity to have sex with more women uh than ever is potentially possible through mainly through the internet and through the kind of things that it has spawned but maybe that's not an accurate view of of the dating landscape i think the answer that they would give <clears throat> some of the men who are checking out in all the levels in which they are is that for some men it has gotten much easier but for most men it has gotten much harder okay because who are the some men that it's gotten easier for well we're returning to this alpha beta distinction right yeah so for the people who subscribe to this ideology um Women have an over overabundance of choice now, yeah. which we've talked about before. Yep. And so an overabundance of abundance of choice and a f total freedom of choice allows them to only chase after or only want to have sex with a very small part of the male population. So those men have a certain ranking and the women will all sleep with them and then everybody else, you know, the, the nine out of ten who aren't on that you know, in the top bit, women aren't interested because there's always somebody better. Okay. Right. Yeah. And you know, the, a lot, I have a friend who's part of this whole kind of movement who's writing a, uh, a book that I think Gary Steingart's, one of his books was also about this, which is that, uh, in the future, everybody will just have a ranking, right? Everybody will just be, they'll be, It'll take everything in your life and it'll just spit you out as a 9.5 and you're a 9.4 or whatever, right? You'll just have an app that will have everything about you in it. Like clout. But for, yeah, your, clout. for your entirety. For everything, right? Yeah. Your, your attractiveness mixed with your this, mixed with your viability, mixed with everything, right? And then you'll have a score. And then women, when they're in a given area, they'll just be like, oh, where are the, give me the top 10 guys or where I am right now. And they'll just go down the list until they get to the lowest level that they're willing to be with, which will be a 9.1, right? And they'll sleep with that guy. But those guys never, you know, they can sleep with as many women as they want. So, you know, that's the framework in which they're thinking. About. Okay. So by unplugging, what are they plugging into? What's so they're plugging into all sorts of different things. One of the things they're plugging into is teledildonics, which is a very, I love the word, yeah, teledildonics. Might title uh, the episode that. I don't know. Teledildonics. Teledildonics. God. So teledildonics is basically dildos, male dildos, so like fleshlights that plug into your computer. Yeah. And there's all sorts of different ways in which they work. 
There are ones that are literally molded after the vaginas and assholes of your favorite porn stars. Okay. Yeah, that I've heard about. Yeah. During my time in the working on the fringes of the porn industry. That's right. That's right. Did you ever get in any teledildonics? No, I don't think it was at the point when I left that it is now. There were definitely fleshlights and dildos that were like, this is the, you know, I'm trying to think. I don't know who modern uh, hot porn stars are. but this you don't? Is, uh, no, I don't really know porn star names. I mean, I could tell you who was hot in like 2010. This is so-and-so's uh, vagina that's yeah. as his flashlight. Or this is, you know, who's a male, like Lexington Steel's dick. Dick. But they also have male assholes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe you would. I'm, sh- I'm sure. Like- I'm sure any kind of hole. You know, I'm sure they have the mouth of whoever. Yeah, maybe they have the mouth. Yeah, that, they were at the stage then when they were selling regular sex toys, allegedly shaped like the various holes or penises of varying porn stars. It's probably totally fake, though. I mean, maybe. Who knows? Why would it be? Uh, who's going to know for sure? Yeah, like, who's going to yeah. get it out and be like, that's... That's not That's not Lexington Steel's asshole. Yeah. I know what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt Lexington Steele would have yeah, his you're asshole. Right. <laughs> he probably Sorry, I don't know would have. He's not a gay porn star. He's a straight porn star. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know any that would be. It's just a, a a male porn star with a very large penis. Do you? I'm familiar with Lexington Steele. Are you familiar with gay porn stars? No, I don't. I don't really care about porn stars. Do you jerk off to porn? Uh, yeah, I look at porn all the time. But the porn that I like is. Uh, like real people fucking. I don't really like regular porn. It, it's so staged. You're like and amateur. Yeah, I don't know, and I don't know if it's the working in the, the entertainment industry where you just kind of watch. You're like, oh, this is just, you know, you know, they set up that shot. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of loses its attractiveness. Like I'd much rather watch video camcorder recording of two people fucking from one angle without them because i'm like that's real sex, sex. Yeah. that's a legitimate encounter it's not i mean it's nice to look at porn stars because they're generally better looking than the public yeah, yeah. but it loses a lot of its kind of i don't know realism i suppose when you know how totally acting they are and how set it up it is yeah, yeah this is a job that they have they get it's this, a job they, they go they to show up some house in the san fernando valley yeah. you know they have this couch sitting there and it's in a mcmansion that nobody's living in and you know they, they shoot for the day yeah. or maybe just the morning it may be fast enough for that and then they go home yeah no. Would you ever date a porn star? Would that be a, a no, no for you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't like to say I wouldn't do something or would. I think I'd have... I think it would depend on what my security level was at the point about myself. Because when you're with a porn star, I assume it's very easy to become insecure because they're with people that are paid to fuck. Yeah. Assuming those people are probably better at it than you are. Yeah. Or but they may not be. They may just be good at doing it on camera. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, who knows what the real truth is. Well, I think... Would you date a porn star if you weren't in this very lovely relationship you yeah. have now? Um, well, what you always hear about porn stars is that they're not good in bed. Like, that's what I always hear. Like, I've met people that have dated porn stars and always like, she was so boring. 
like in actual Maybe like sleeping with them because they're they're acting all day. They probably like the last thing they want to do is that is true. It's fuck you know. I, I I'd be curious to hear from a, a porn star like how interested they were in sex because yeah. I think some porn stars are hyper sexual. And that's why they get into it. Yeah. And so it's just a way they're like, fuck, I like doing this. I'm going to make some money off of my ability to do this. But there's others that I have to assume they're in it because they're attractive and people like looking at them. But they go home and they're just like, you know, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to do this thing that I get paid to do even more. Even more. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I would I would totally do it just because. I would be interested. I'd be fascinated to see what that was like, you know? Yeah. And they catch you jerking off to porn. It's like, but it's you. It's you. I'm jerking I'm off watching to you. you. I'm watching you. That's how much this. I love you. Is yeah. That I'm watching your porn. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's weird that jerking off to porn has become such a acceptable thing? No. I think... It's good. Really? Yeah. I, I think any I think anybody that worries about their partner jerking off to porn is silly. I think that uh people have weird issues surrounding that, but porn basically serves as like this oh, I you know, I'm horny right now, I don't have anybody to do this with, or my partner is not willing to do this right now, so I can take care of this issue and move on to the next thing. Because I always look for, I always look at being aroused or horny usually as an obstacle to getting other work done. So the the danger I always feel is when that turns into this addiction and you get into that cycle of yeah continually looking for the thing. There's going to be a thing. It's going to get me off. And it's not, it's not this thing. This thing is okay, but it's not the thing that I want to get off to. So you get into that fucked up cycle. So people that are addicted to porn fall into that. But I think that people use it as a healthy thing. Uh, I'm saying thing a lot. Uh, people that use it as a healthy complement to their life. It, it's a good thing. It doesn't, it doesn't damage your relationship with somebody just because you look at porn. I don't think. Is it? A healthy thing, though, to watch some 18-year-old woman making a terrible mistake, though, you know? I mean, like, is there certain types of porn that are n sort of unhealthy? Well, you're talking about what you, unhealthy for the observer, unhealthy for the people in it. Either. I mean, that's, either one. That's the issue, is that my my thing would be more about you know, the people that are involved, because when you're 18 years old, it's very easy to make a horrible mistake. Yeah, and God. it's not like it was in the seventies where you might be in a porn and nobody would ever know because yeah, yeah. it's in the vault somewhere or the print got burned and that part of your life is gone. If you are in porn, that's online. That's going to live it's never going away forever. Yeah. So my, my issue is not so much with the observers, as it is with, is the industry in a place where it's not exploiting its participants? Yeah. And that's a much harder question question to, to ask. Yeah. No, yeah, it's true. I mean, I don't know. There's something about it to me that I think we'd be better off if we didn't do it. 
I think humanity would be better off. I think it's another one of these. If we didn't have porn? Yeah. I think it's another one of these social control things, man. I mean, I think there's a reason why porn and marijuana are so acceptable right now. And there's this massive push to make both of these things okay. And it's because right now, what we need is placated people. We need people to be calm and safe and nonviolent and non-rebellious. Where there was other times in the world where we needed people to be productive, say. Whereas in the United States, we don't need productivity because we don't produce anything anymore. I mean, that's obviously a mass generalization, but we produce a lot less than we used to. So what we need now is compliance. We need people to be binge-watching Netflix all day. Right, but why wouldn't why wouldn't, if that was the case for pot, why wouldn't it be easier to have pot be legalized? It seems like it's such a struggle. Well, it's getting easier and easier. I mean, the only well, problem... Well, it's getting easier and easier, but that doesn't, that doesn't comply with your idea that... Well, this a is a logistical m- problem, right? I mean, the feds, for the federal government, I'm sure Obama, if he could snap his fingers and make pot illegal, he would. The problem is weed technically shouldn't be illegal on a federal level. There's no reason for marijuana. I mean, it's a police power, right? The states are supposed to govern drugs. Right. They're supposed to have their own drug laws. The only reason the feds have the drug laws that they have is for investigatory purposes. So the FBI can do so much more if there's a law saying that weed is illegal federally. It gives them much more power. Yeah. Because then in their investigations, they can say, oh, we have 800 pounds of weed here. If they find that and there's no law federally, they can't do anything about that. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I, I'm fine. So it really, it's this holdover from a weird, you know, system that is the reason why federal weed is still illegal. You know, I mean, but that I think that that's probably not going to last for too much longer. What well, shouldn't? I mean, is do you think that weed should be completely policed and? What is your are you no, in favor of I mean, drug legalization? What is your position on it? Um I mean, my biggest fear is that weed will become cigarettes and I'm going to go to the gas station and buy some shitty weed that's, you know, owned by Wall Street, owned by some private equity group that's like barely marijuana that has been grown in some weird hormonal way and it's like this disgusting thing. Like what I I like the weed ritual now. <laughs> You know, I like that it's off the books. You know what I mean? I enjoy that about it. Uh-huh. And I always have. If it turns into this thing that it's like being advertised to me on television, like that would be sad. I, I don't want that to happen. But is that a hipster idea of weed? <laughs> Maybe. It, it kind of it has a little bit of that tinge to it. Maybe. It, are the social costs associated with drug? Because I'm in... I have a controversial view, I guess. Uh, I, just, I think all drugs should be legal. All, everything, period. I don't think we should throw anybody in prison for drug crimes because wow. I don't think that it advances anything to make uh, criminals out of people that aren't committing violent crimes. I think I think if you go to jail, it should be because you committed a violent crime or a white-collar crime that you know devastated a community. Like I don't think that because you're in your home shooting up heroin that you should be in jail for possession. That doesn't make any sense to me. You should be in an environment where you can get some help maybe. Uh, 
but we have this this system where we put nonviolent drug offenders into prison and then it turns into criminal you. And I don't think that's working. I think uh, we have enough evidence to say, okay, this system is a disaster. And we have a drug that's very dangerous and kills hundreds of thousands of people every year that's legal and we're drinking it right now. Yeah. And that's sure. that's kind of the ultimate hypocrisy. And I, I pointed this out to somebody recently. I was like, the only peer pressure for drug use, quote unquote, that I've ever received in my life is alcohol. Nobody's ever peer pressured me to do pot, cocaine, really? heroin. No. Nobody's ever tried to get you to smoke pot They've with asked, them. They said, hey, do you want some? And I will say either yes or no. And if I say no, it's over. But if I'm out with friends and we're at a bar and they're like, hey, get a drink. I'm like, I'm not drinking tonight. I have to get up then tomorrow. There's more then it's fucking, yeah. it's hours of them harassing you and you yeah. gotta either fake it with water and ice and say you have a gin and tonic yeah, or, or you give in. Yeah. And that's the kind of, that's the central hypocrisy in this country that is silly to me is we have this very dangerous drug, which is alcohol. A- anything horrible in my life has come as a result of alcohol. Blackouts, terrible behavior, feeling like shit. It's all alcohol related. I've we smoked pot this, yeah. a few times in my life, and I just fall asleep on my couch and think an episode of Family Guy was much funnier <laughs> than it actually was. That's it. I've never made a bad decision on pot. So my thing is, is like people want to get into the altered state. I don't know why it's criminalized. I don't know what good that service yeah. at this point. Well, I mean, you understand the argument for. I mean, I, I agree with you. Let me just say that I like the radical idea of decriminalizing all drugs. I, yes. I think that's a cool idea, and I think that honestly, if we want to live in a free society, people should be able to do with their bodies whatever the fuck they want to do with their bodies. I mean, you want to criminalize certain types of behavior that you do when you're on drugs. Yeah. That's fine. But to to criminalize a drug, I kind of agree it's a little bit ridiculous. Well, well, my grandfather is kind of, he's the perfect example of somebody that resorts to a weird argument about drug legalization because he lives in Washington State. So his thing with pot, the the kind of decriminalization of pot and legalization of pot, he's like, what happens if somebody's driving and they're high? You know, and I'm like, well, that's driving under the influence. And, you know, whatever they do while doing that is already criminally prosecuted. Yeah. You know, he's like, what if somebody robs a store when they're high? <laughs> I'm like, then they get arrested for robbery. Does yeah. it, what are you talking yeah. about? Whereas really, they would be so much more likely to do something like that when they're drunk yeah. than when they're high. And when you're high, you're probably going to yeah, not, gonna not do, do anything. <laughs> you're going to take a nap. <laughs> I'm sleeping. Exactly. But... That's also taken to an extreme, somewhat terrifying. Because if, you know, if we're saying, you know, the the power, the goal of power is total control. It's kind of funny to imagine the comparison between alcohol and weed. But at the same time, if everybody's fucking stoned all the time, it's kind of fucked up and weird but and are, sad. Is everybody, know, like, but is everybody going to be stoned? No. Same no. way not everybody's drunk. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, there's always going to be something... Like, for example, me right now. I used to smoke weed every day. When I was in college, I smoked weed constantly. As it's become more and more acceptable, my interest in doing it has gone down and down. Because you like to feel like you have some edge 
on the establishment or you're you're doing something kind of bad or yeah. you're you're operating in an economy that is not monitored by something yeah. you know and my interest in other drugs has gone up a lot since I've lost weed is like the thing that I like to really do you know yeah so so that's why they should all be legal yeah but then there's they'll always don't you think there's I mean you're right I think actually you're absolutely right I think that it's really stupid for them to spend all this time and money and the it, devastation but, that it's resulted in. Well, yeah, is, so much bad people's lives, so many people's lives. Yeah, around. it's it's horrendous for no, for no reason for for people that if you haven't committed a violent crime that affects other people, you shouldn't be in prison. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. We're gonna th- you're gonna be thrown in prison because you have a certain amount of heroin yeah. oh on you. That's God. fucking insane. You have, you have like an, two ounces of yes. uh, this white powder on you. We're gonna ruin your life. Yeah. I mean, it is fucking insane. Yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah, there is something though in terms of alcohol. My, one of my favorite Bukowski quotes of all time is, "He was like, I found alcohol when I was 18 years old." And I realized that this was going to help me for a very long time. (laughs) And there is something incredibly beautiful about alcohol. I mean, it's like, there's something godly about it. It's There's something like, you leave this thing around for long enough, and then you drink it, and then you get this amazing feeling. I mean, there's something like, sort of cosmically gorgeous about that reaction, you know? That's true. I like, don't get me wrong, I love having a nice buzz. From alcohol. But, you know, I think that most people are are seeking that. Most drug users of whatever kind are seeking that in one form or another. And we've just decided this one thing is okay. I also think the the alcohol (laughs) drinking age should be lowered. I think it's 18. Yeah. Just be 18. It's it's bizarre. It makes really ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. It's completely senseless. And it's it actually leads, I think. To more binge drinking and more fucked up behavior from Younger especially people. college students. For exactly the reason I just said, which yeah. is there's something so sexy about it yeah, because so, you can't do it. Yeah, we're going to parties, it could be alcohol. Yeah, there. whereas in, in England, like, or in, you know, Europe, the whole idea of binge drinking, it's so not the same to them. Yeah, you know, course. I mean, they're like, yeah, well, they drink a lot. But they drink very consistently. Responsibly. You know, I, I don't know about responsibly, but. Well, responsibly in that. You know, there's not going to be horrible blackouts and young people can have alcohol in an environment where they're being supervised by some kind of older figure yeah. to say, all right, let's, you know, instead of it just being like this, this taboo, yeah, yeah, this cool taboo that we're doing. I remember being young and people being like, oh, there's going to be beer at this party, Watch out, you know, and man. now that's like, yeah, I would expect that to be the case. If there isn't, there's trouble. Yeah. Yeah. We do have a strange uh, relationship to drugs here. It's probably the puritanical roots, you know. There's there's still some kind of holdover from that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I don't understand from that, it. Like, like, the buzz is the devil. You know, yeah. like, that's the devil in you. Yeah. You know, we don't like that. Reefer madness. Yeah, yeah. So your position is that... Uh, Getting back to porn. Ah, uh, yes. Kind of took a drug and alcohol Porn detour. is different than drugs to me, though. I, I think if I could choose for a few things to be illegal, I would choose... Porn would be on the list of, of those things. I, I think porn... 
is not healthy. It's not healthy for us. And I, I feel it. I can feel it after I use it. You know, you feel that feeling of just nastiness. But isn't that, you know, like, isn't that sort of the programmed uh, American guilt, guilt no, from I sex? So, dude. I think that's natural. I think that's an intrinsic thing. I don't know. I think that's programmed. I think that we've Maybe. programmed ourselves into thinking that sex and sexuality is bad. Is bad, and 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 you're you're up to, especially because we sort of, aside from very heterosexual kind of standard sexual relationships, we sort of police other expressions of sexuality. And if you're outside of the norm for any reason, you might also have guilt built into what you're doing or what you're up to. Well, what do you mean we police? How does that express itself, what you just said? Well, I mean... Police non-heterosexual interaction. Any kind of thing that people are into that's not the norm. Like, the norm is... How do we police those There's just the, like, oh, oh, you know? What? You do that? We live in, like... I mean, come on. In Los Angeles, I feel like it's, like... I mean, in general. We're talking general... And there's millions of people in America that don't live in Los Angeles. Yeah. So you live in a small town in Ohio. Let's say you're into like, for whatever reason, you're into BDSM style sex. Okay. Like, you, that's a secret. You can't be open about that. That's naughty. You shouldn't be doing those things. And if you go out, uh, you show up at some, you know, leather bar, and you get pictures taken of you there. That's going it, to be a... It's going to be a thing. But that's going to be the same if you go to a whorehouse, you know? It's not It's not heterosexuality. Well, if you're, if but, you're but at again, some whorehouse club as a straight male, you're just the same. But a whorehouse is outside of the realm of the thing that's considered appropriate. Well, even if it's a... I mean, I see what you're saying. You're, you're, I'm not saying... You're drawing the line at things... I'm, but it's not heterosexuality because because... You're just talking about things that are not okay, but like what do you it's mean, not but heterosexuality. What's not okay? Because prostitution is heterosexuality, it's, but it's not okay for a different reason. But it, yeah, because it's outside of that that standard of what's appropriate. Like the general the general thing that's agreed to be okay. And again, people can feel ashamed after masturbating to heterosexual porn. I'm not saying that they won't. I do. Yeah. But part of the guilt that people feel is often because their sexuality is doubly criticized or, or looked yeah. at as strange. I see your point. But general, point. general heterosexual sex is still policed as well. It's still like, you know, we're still not okay with... Uh, not We're not okay, but we're like, oh, you know... Or what about bigamy? Yeah, that's another thing that's... That's completely taboo. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think it's that it's heterosexual i think that it's saying, just not it's think, not male one male one female you I, know marriage like I, that i think that you're doing when i say not heterosexual i don't mean that heterosexuality is not policed in the same way i just mean there's the general standard is like man wife the heterosexual couple yeah this is appropriate mm. sex but sort of not even really that because yeah. it's still this shameful dirty thing that becomes a burden to the wife or the husband that they have to do yeah. instead of a, a, a expression between two people that's fun for sure no i agree i mean the 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 paradigmatic thing you're supposed to do is heterosexuality right i mean i that's true yes that's part of it yeah but i don't think that it's like no he, there's plenty I of heterosexual, I, 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 yeah there's plenty of heterosexual people that are into 
unusual. See, unusual I just did it myself. Thing. I said weird. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I'm built that way. Because yeah, 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 I'm yeah. told to say, you know, oh, that's weird and yeah. strange, and it's just it's it's a bizarre mindset. And it's it's I'm in my mid 30s, and it's still a thing that it's still in there. Yeah, I'm, I still have to refresh my mind and go like, oh, what, you know, whatever makes people happy. See, here's the difference between the way that you and me think. You think that that is you rebelling against society or or you're no you're saying that that's not natural what's not natural that feeling that you have yeah I don't you're think saying that is not a natural feeling no that you have that feeling because society has put that yes on you that's i'm not criticizing that at all my perspective is that you're shirking of it you're shirking of the natural feeling that you have when you feel this thing. You're saying, that's not the way I should feel. That's society speaking. No, I, d- I don't think so. I, d- <laughs> I, I disagree. <laughs> Did that make any sense? No, I, I, don't, that maybe I, know, I know what you're saying. You're saying yeah. that when I'm like, oh, that's weird. That's a natural response. Uh, yeah, but and I'm saying it's society that makes you second guess it. No, I, I, I have to think it's the opposite. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. It's just a, it's just a thought. Yeah, because it, what would it matter? Like, why would there be a natural uh, reaction to something outside of the norm sexually? Because well, maybe that's a part of how we define our natural instincts. I mean, maybe, I mean, evolutionary, it makes perfect sense. I mean, being disgusted by homosexuality makes sense evolutionarily, right? Why? Because if you are not in a disgustingly overpopulated world like we are now, you need people to be attracted to the thing they make pregnant, right? I mean, if we're in the state of nature, which we're not, I'm not saying we are, but I'm saying if we were, evolutionarily, it makes sense. But why, if that makes sense, then why are there gay people? Like, because I think gay people are also evolutionary. So you think that there's, I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with there could be an evolutionary component to that kind of yeah. weirdness about stuff. But I think gay people are a, I think homosexuality is a advancement, <laughs> you know, as weird as it is to say. Like, I think it's almost like. I don't know if it's an advance, but I think it's existed as long as human sexuality has. Yeah. I, I don't think it's... I, but everything occurs for some sort of scientific reason, right? I mean, I'm sure there's some there's a reason for heterosexuality. There's probably a reason for homosexuality, yeah. right? And it's just fun to think about like what, from an evolutionary standpoint, would that yeah, I guess, entail? Well, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's unusual to me that you... It seems out of character that you would think that people having that weird guilty feeling post sexual encounter or whatever uh, is not a societally induced mechanism. I'm genuinely just raising this as an idea right now. Okay. I, I don't think that I think that. I think it's everything's different, right? Like some things I think that, some things I don't, right? Yeah, it's it's an interesting you know? it's an interesting point that you raise. Yeah, it's just an interesting thought. But to I think I, I also think that we're very weird about sex stuff in the U.S. Like we, a lot of people talk about culture being very sexual, but it's also like not. 
like we're 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 skittish about some things. But there's so much sex being poured onto us all the time. I mean, there's so many images everywhere we go. Yeah. Like asses and, you know, and fucking abs, male abs, you know? Yeah, but uh, it, that's not sex per se. That's the suggestion of it. We had this, when I worked at Hustler, yeah. we had this problem where when we advertised our Hustler TV, the channel that I worked for, we could not make any explicit references to sex in a way like if we wanted to do a commercial, we couldn't have a commercial with chicks in bikinis like washing a car. Like you could for, you know, beer. You could do a beer commercial with chicks doing There was that. a law that you, there could not be no, s- it wasn't there a law. It was just the way that the cable companies responded. Like it was okay to use sex to sell beer but not or porn. gum or anything else but not porn. Porn you always had to be But you f- could have an advertisement. Yeah, but it had it just to just couldn't have sex in it. Correct. Wow. It had to be funny. You had to go the funny route. You could Whoa. but you could And that that was a cable company administrative rule. Yeah, well we'd make like for the various cable company like Comcast or it's Time kind of Warner. It's a first amendment issue, really. It seems like the cable company shouldn't be making the decision. Anyway, sorry, continue. But continue. we we'd make like a, a what's called 25 and 5. It would be a 25 second long spot and then they had 5 seconds to put in their specific information about where people could get Hustler TV. So they could get it Channel 227 on pay-per-view or on VOD channel, whatever. So the cable companies would only take the most tame, non-sexual advertisement from us. Whereas for anything else, sports, blah, 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 it it could be very, you know, naughty. But for us, it was always, it had to be jokey. So I think there's kind of, well, there's a sexualized environment in the United States. It's all... It's not about sex directly. It's just like, oh, this chick is like wearing a two-piece and this guy's got his shirt off. So it suggests sex, yeah. but doesn't go at it directly because that's still a taboo to kind of talk about. Well, when you're a porn company. Yeah, but that's, you know, I mean, everybody knows what porn is. So it shouldn't, like, the the rationale to have a bunch of women in bikinis washing a car for a beer commercial but not to have that be the case for a commercial advertising a porn channel yeah no it's weird i see the obvious discrepancy there but is there a reason we protect public from sex i mean children right i mean there is some sort of limit there right where it's like everything can't just be no, I'm not saying it should. Like, should would children be exposed to graphic images of sex? And if if not, why the fuck not? I don't. That's a that's a live wire. What do you mean? That that's a very live wire conversation. Like, what does that mean? Any kind of sexuality connected to children is it's scary. It's very, it's scary and it's biz- it's also bizarre because it's, that's also part of the weird U.S. hypocrisy. Because one of the most popular types of porn is "quote unquote" barely legal. Yeah, eighteen-year-olds, yeah. and the the kind of hotness attached to it is because oh, they you know, like this could be high school senior. Yeah. You know, it's it's the youth. But we're also if somebody if some teacher fucks a high school senior, 
We're just, oh my God. It's <laughs> it's this terrible. is outrageous. How could you imagine? Yeah. And yeah, I, that's that part of the true. kind of. As if they're not like completely attracted to those people. It's like, yeah. obviously. No, men are built to yeah, find 18 know. year olds attractive. Yeah. I mean. No, I mean, but, but there's <laughs> limits here, right? There's limits. It's not cool to say, I mean, I'm not attracted to little children. I'm not, you know? That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> it would be fucking tough if you were. I mean, could you imagine? Like, imagine if you naturally were, man. Yeah, it would be hell. It'd it be would a living hell. It would suck. No. It would suck. I mean, it would be like... I don't even know. I mean, you got to kind of make them culpable for it. You kind of got to be like, no, you shouldn't do that. Like, stop thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't... I don't Maybe. even know how... You know, that's the question about what you do with people like that. It's like, what do you do? It's such a fucked up problem. Yeah. Because it's like, it seems like so inherent, like that's so wrong. Well, yeah, so nobody, wrong. nobody's going, there's, I don't, I mean, there, I think there are people that were abused as kids and are kind of reenacting their abuse on other kids. Totally. There's hurt that. Hurt people hurt people. But I think there's also people that are wired in this fucked up way and they don't have any say in it. And then it's like, what do you do with somebody like that? Like, they should not be having sex with children, obviously. Yeah. I, but uh, what do you? Yeah. What do you? But what are do? you know? What are and those... where's the line? This is this is the next thing. It's like you're right, barely legal. I mean, not that if some 32 year old bangs a 17 year old, it's like all right, you know, it's like it's it's bad, but yeah. it's kind of like all right, you know, not that bad. But if he bangs a 12 year old, it's like. Satan, yeah. like those five years. Well, those are make, big developmental years. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I am completely in agreement that yeah. those people. There's something evil about them. I mean, you know, like there's something like I don't even know. That's yeah. bad. I mean, it causes such a feeling of badness that it's like I was having this conversation at work recently. <laughs> this conversation, yes, because <laughs> we were talking about this was like we were talking yeah, about. Really. How it's bizarre in this country that the age of consent varies from state to state. Like in North Carolina, you can have sex with a 16-year-old. Like that's the age of consent in that Yeah, state. and that's fine. And, and in this state, that would be big trouble. Wow. So. Yeah, you'd be Jared. Like you'd be Jared from Subway. Like you deserve to go to jail like forever. Yeah, but in North Carolina, I'd be like, oh. It would yeah. be like whatever. That's totally cool. <laughs> and that's, that's really so weird. weird to me. And that's this so guy weird. was trying to explain it to me. Because I was like, I don't understand why the federal government doesn't... Because the the punishment for that kind of sex crime is so onerous. Like, if you, sex offender registry, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Well, and just total... I mean, even just total vilification. Right. You are the absolute scum of society. Yeah. Like, you have no rights. Yeah. If you're a 19-year-old and you fuck a 16-year-old in North Carolina, fine. If you're a 19-year-old and you fuck a 16-year-old in California, felon. Or at Felony? Least, at least misdemeanor. Wow. But still sex offender registry. And That's incredible. So I, I I wonder, I'm like, you know, why doesn't this is one of those things where I'm like, this why don't we just as a nation just make a decision? I'm it can be eighteen fine, that's fine. It can be that's a fine age, but for, the, we, it would be just as fucked up if it was the national decision though. I mean the whole thing. But at is, least at least it would be at least 
it would be consistent and you wouldn't have a situation where a thing in one state is a huge deal and a thing in another state is like, eh. Like, that's really God, weird. It's, oh, Jesus. It's so hard. It's so hard from a legal standpoint because it's like you need the age of consent because as we're talking about, those five years are so important. Yeah. But at the same time, it's so ridiculous to say a 19-year-old who bangs a 16-year-old is a felon or yeah. is is wrong. So it's like it's or is how it do you where what's the right number? I mean, is the right number thirty two and seventeen? I mean, like where where is the line? Are you thirty two? Why do you keep saying that age? I don't know. It's I'm thirty one. I'm gonna be thirty two. <laughs> <laughs> so, keep saying thirty two. Thirty two. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. This guy at work was arguing with me because he was like, you know, local communities have to enforce the standards they want to enforce. You know, that's and he kept repeating that. And I was like, that's interesting, but I agree. I agree with him. I I agree to an extent, but that's such it's just strange to me that you could do one thing in one place and it's completely fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Yeah. And you could do it in another place and you're gonna have massive legal repercussions. Well, I mean, it's the same as in other laws as well. I mean, it, you know, in Saudi Arabia they stone gay people alive. No. <laughs> I mean, that's a eight-hour plane ride away. Like yeah. you could be there right now. No, I mean, and we—it's like it's astounding to us. I mean, that's like we can't even really—it's almost absurd. Like we can't even really believe it. Yeah, it's a—it's real. Int- I guess you have a real pessimist view of the developments. I think, and I kind of have an optimistic view. If, if, right? Of what? You have a pessimistic view of the way that sexuality is being developed and the ways that people can or can't connect. And no, I, have I think a more no, I don't think it's view. pessimistic. I think humankind does what it needs to do, man. I, I, like I said, I think these new sexualities, not homosexuality, but you know what I mean. Like Deerkin. <laughs> no, I mean, well, like, you know, like I identify as a bi queer transsexual I don't, donkey. You know what I mean? It's I don't. Like, I don't want to step on a minefield here. Yeah, all right, all right. but but no, but I will. And when I say this, I there's a lot of that that I believe, especially the thing that you just mentioned, to that I believe is just nonsense. And there's a lot of young people who have heard the message about kind of being true to who you are and misinterpreting that into creating this b- identity that's not 100% like really a thing. Like when somebody tells me they're transgender, I'm like, okay, I get it. I understand. I mean, I don't understand. It's not something I could connect to, but I can believe that some people feel like they're born into the wrong gender and that their expression should be different. And again, gender is a expressing yourself as this type of gender is kind of a societal construct in a lot of ways, you know, like why do women have to wear dress? You know, it's like, exactly. There's, so when I hear that, I'm like, okay, I, I, I buy that. But when you get into the deer kin, dragon kin, that's just like, absurd. yeah, you're right. That's just, that's a carnival show. Meaningless. I, agree. I, I think that's, I, I don't yeah. know any 40, yeah, I know 40 yeah. year old transgender people. Yeah, I don't know 40 year olds that yeah. think they're dragons. Actually, and wolves. I mean, there's maybe like three or four around, but you know, yeah, for the most part, I hear what you're saying. It's a lot. Yeah, for the most right. part, a lot of that is young people who have kind of latched on to 
the transgender attitude and they've taken that and kind of used that for themselves because they're not actually transgender. They're not anything. They're just like, a, oh, I'm a straight male and I live in Kentucky, but I'm dragonkin because I, I feel like I'm a dragon and that makes me special and unique. And I, just, I don't believe those people. I don't believe. I'm like, I don't think what you're doing is... But it's a, it's a it's a matter of lines. I mean, there's people 100, 200 years ago that would say people dressing up as different genders is equally as ridiculous, if not more ridiculous, than being a dragon, right? I mean, it's like, here's the issue with me with this. One, I think society makes you hate yourself. So I think yeah. it constantly makes you feel like you need to change yourself into something else besides yeah. what you are. Yeah. So it's like, I almost feel like, hey, if a woman doesn't want to fit into the thing or a man doesn't want to fit into masculinity, just fucking don't do it. Don't buy into the other one. You know, you're, you're buying into the same binary here. You know, it's yeah. like, I was a, I, like, you're saying, I don't know. I really, really respect transgendered people. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying they're bad people at all. I interviewed a really cool one who's one of the stars of Transparent. You ever watch that show? Yeah. Which it's a great show. Which, which person? Uh, uh, her name is Alexandra Billings, the actress, but she plays the like friend of, I can't remember the character's name. She plays the friend of um, the main woman, man, man, woman. Um. Do they live in the house together now? Are they sharing yes. a house? Okay, I know who you're talking about. I think they do live in the house. Yeah. Yes, now together. On She's a show. great actress. She's really cool. And I interviewed her and she was a, one of my best interviews I've ever had. I mean, like the way she talked about theater and the shit she's... I mean, she was like a prostitute, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was a really, really cool story. And I have a great deal of respect for this person, you know? And I don't give up. I mean, honestly, you do whatever the hell you want to do. I don't care. Personally, on a personal level, you know? But at the same time, I do worry that we encourage people too hardly to be something else, you know? And it's maybe they should, maybe we should teach, don't change, don't get a nose, you know, accept yourself, you know, accept your body, you know? Yeah, I don't, don't I don't have any insight because I don't have issues with that. I... I I try to be, my philosophy is I, if when people are telling me something about themselves, I try not to say that they're wrong. I try not to say, well, blah, 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 blah. And that serves me well. But a lot of the, you know, a lot of that kind of weird, not weird, but yeah, it is weird. The, the dragon kin and I'm like, you know, I'm gender queer, blah, blah, blah. A lot of the times I'm like, eh, you know, like I don't, I don't know that you're that. I think that you're trying on a lot of hats, which is fine. Which is fine. It's totally You shouldn't fine. be punished yeah, for that. You shouldn't be punished. Uh, no, no, absolutely But I- I'm also skeptical that this is, because figuring yourself out takes a lifetime. <laughs> you know, I- I'm still discovering things about myself. I don't think you myself. ever do, right? No. I mean, maybe. But for that exact reason is why we need self-acceptance, you know? We yeah. need acceptance of who we are. Instead of this, we live in this constantly aspirational thing where you always need to have something else or be something else be this thing have this thing you know there's very little teaching that we get as people to be like hey you know accept and be proud of what you are you know naturally 
Maybe we do get that. Maybe this is kind of a dumb idea now that I'm thinking about it, like really deeply. But whatever. Um, I think it, 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 we can lead this into um, the the larger story in this death by utopia idea that okay. I've been obsessed with. There was an experiment in the 70s or 80s in Indiana where a researcher took a giant plot of land and made a rat utopia. So he gave them unlimited food, not totally unlimited space, but like a lot of space, you know, bedding, whatever you needed. It was, there was no struggling or no anything in Rat Utopia. And he put in like four couples of rats. And in uh, like six months or something, they had boomed. Like the population was massive. Like the whole thing was crowded. It was like a thriving metropolis of rats, right? At 380, like at a specific tipping point, suddenly the females stopped reproducing. Like suddenly. Like it was like children of men rat style. Like they just stopped reproducing. The rates of like rat homosexuality like tripled. This sounds like weird propaganda, but it's real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like this is a legit study. It's not like a, you know, I didn't find this on like Stormfront or something. <laughs> <laughs> is that something? Is that something people have accused you of yeah. doing? <laughs> no, I've accused myself. Maybe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so the the homosexuality rates increased. Like the males and females started fighting with each other. And a whole huge section of the male population checked out completely. And they, they like went into their little corner and they just groomed themselves all day. They ate and groomed. And the researcher came up with a name for them, which was the beautiful ones, right? So the beautiful ones are like these ones that they're beautiful because they don't interact at all. So yeah. they're like spotless, you know? And, uh, Within like another two months, every rat had died. Total wow. extinction. So it's it's an interesting experiment, you know, to give a society of something everything it needs all the time, no individual struggle, and see what happens. And it's kind of fucking scary. Anyway, the point is that uh, there's these – so the thesis of the article is that there's these – people in Japan called Japanese herbivore men. Mm -hmm. Heard of them? Uh, I've heard of the term. Yeah. So Japanese herbivore men are people, are men that basically don't leave their houses. So they uh, just live at their, with their mom in their basement for their whole lives. And they like ask her to get, bring them food. She brings them food. They live down there. Like every month or so, they go see a prostitute. But for the most part, they play video games and surf on the internet all day. Totally plugged in. Plugged in. And they have exited for male-female relationships, right? The weird thing about these herbivore men is that they're not fat neckbeards, right? They're not these guys that sit in the basement and like troll things. Yeah. They are like really perfectly looking people. Like they look like anime characters. Like they get their hair and like perfect crazy stuff, yeah. right? And they've checked out. So the thesis of my article is more or less that that's what's happening to humankind. As we get more overpopulated, men, hetero men are just leaving. They're like leaving society en masse. 
Do you think, um, what do you think is the reason for the Japanese herbivore man? Like, what is that? Like, why would they peacock like that? If not, like, what is, what is that? It's hard to understand. And I, I don't think I really do, to be honest. I mean, why do you think? I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. I don't know what the impetus for that would be. Because so much of dressing up is impressing me. Is tied to making sure you look good for other people. Like yeah. if I didn't care about anybody seeing, I would just look like a bum all the time. Like I do in my apartment. And in real life. I would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Constant looking like a bum. And uh yeah, I don't know why you would put any effort into yourself if you don't have any if you interest didn't have in a thing. engaging with somebody else. Some people just love it, though. I think the people that the reason why you and I, you and I don't really care about our appearance very much, man. I mean, I know it's shocking to, <laughs> to learn, but some people like they like the act of looking a, That's a certain way, you know. And I, I actually don't hate them for that. I think there's a lot of expression to be had by the way that you appear. No, I'll, I'll look at people and I'll be like, "Wow, they, that's a cool, yeah, they're yeah, well put together. They've got they've got it going on." Yeah, I just wish I had that skill. Well, I wish I had that. You I have don't. to have somebody. If you don't have it, then somebody has to do it for you. Yeah, like that's one of my qualifications for dating somebody is. They have to have a decent enough sense of style that they can just dress. They can me. like mold you. Yeah. yeah. And I'll yeah. I'll do it. You know, I'll be like, just pick out clothes for me and I'll wear them. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the we'll same. We'll go to the like... store and I'm like, just pick out what you want me to wear and I'll buy it. Yeah. Like I yeah. don't I don't want to have any decision making involved. Because I don't care. Yeah. But other people to do. And I'm like, okay, so you can dress me. I, yeah. I have n- no shame in that happening. Yeah. That's yeah, how, that's I how agree. I, I, I have agree. a bunch of pants for that re- that were purchased. That like I look okay in these pants, and it's only because I went to the store with somebody, and they're like, and they're "Get these, like, get, get these, these get these. Don't yeah. get those." Yeah, and that was it. I agree, man. I mean, I just don't have the the the. the I just can't think about it. But yeah, I it's. I wish I did. You know. Um. What do you think? So, what's the outcome? <laughs> is is that the future of humanity? Is that death by utopia? That we, yeah, because yeah. we lose the struggle of life. Going. I think that's totally where we're at. I mean, I think you see that in the opposite end with old people, like old people that are vibrant and and still together and have most of their faculties. They have some kind of thing in their life that they do, and it's the old people that don't have anything going on. They don't have any friends. They don't have any daily routine. They just kind of fall apart and die. Okay. But that's the same kind of thinking is that you don't have a struggle in your life or something that you're building towards or something that you're doing. It's just going to be the eventual collapse of yourself. Yeah, but it has to be something real, you know? It's not just like, oh, I love playing bridge, you know? It's like, that's not enough, you know? It has to be, you have to have real struggle, you know? I mean, part of the reason I like being a freelancer like I am now is it is a real struggle. Yeah. You know, like I don't know where my rent is coming from in two months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe my mom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hopefully not. You know, I haven't resorted to that yet. 